Matthew chapter 10 and verse number 37. Matthew 10 and 37. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth not son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. He that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. He that findeth his life shall lose it, and he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. And then let's go to Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and verse 2. Paul says here, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Titled this lesson today, Have You Really Surrendered? Amen. Have you really surrendered? You may be seated. The definition of surrender uh, from the dictionary, this is not from Strong's Concordance, but from the dictionary, it says to, to agree to stop fighting, hiding, resisting, etc. Because you know that you will not win or succeed to give control or use of something to someone else. And so, um, so you, you, you surrender, you turn everything that you have over to somebody. Surrender comes from a willingness to succumb to the will of somebody else to give over who you are and what you are to, to the control of somebody else. The most important thing we can do in life is learn how to surrender to Jesus, um, how to surrender our lives to God. There are a lot of things that in, in our lives, uh, in, our, in, in our personal wills, uh, that need to be surrendered if we're ever going to be fully submitted to God. Actually, in, in our thoughts, in, in our actions, you know, that some of the things that we need to surrender are not things that can be seen. In fact, I think probably the most important things that we surrender are what's going on right in here. Amen. The thoughts and the intentions of our lives. Uh, you know, sometimes we can surrender externally and, and we, we do all these external things to make God believe that, or make everybody else, let's put it that way, make everybody else believe that we're surrendered. But inside of us, there's things that we hold back. Um, it's those things that really are, are important to God. Today, I'd like to take some time in, in you know, the time that we have here this morning to look at some of the more obvious things in us that have to be surrendered and uh, the things that I believe that God really wants us to turn over to Him uh, more so than just, our, our, um, just always what everybody else sees. Okay, let's go to the with James chapter three, verse number one. My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships, which though they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity, so is the tongue 
among our members that it defile the whole body and is set on fire the cor- and setteth on fire the course of nature and is set on fire of hell for of every kind of beasts and of birds and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind but the tongue can no man tame it is an unruly evil full of deadly poison Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing, my brethren. These things ought not so to be. Doth the fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either of vine, uh, figs? So can no fountain yield both salt, water, and fresh. So the first thing that that I believe the most, I, in fact, I think probably the most important thing that we need to learn how to surrender to God is our tongue. I'm going to preach about this in, in, our, in our worship time today also about what the, 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 the importance of giving our tongue to God. But uh, I, I really feel like that, that the tongue is the first thing that we need to surrender to God. Without surrendering our tongue to God, uh, we are... James spoke about it here. He said, tongue causes a lot of problems. I believe that's why repentance is so vital. It's also why God chose tongues, and, I, and I, I'm going to preach about that this morning in our worship time in, in, in greater detail, so I'm not going to labor on it this morning, but I believe that's why God chose tongues when He gave us the Holy Ghost. We talk, I've heard people say, act, act like tongues was of no great importance. Well, it's a, it's a great deal of importance, and I'll deal with that more later, but uh, he takes the worst member of the body, James calls it, and he uses it for his glory. So we need to learn how to surrender this tongue to God. Amen. If you don't, let me tell you what will happen. The tongue will destroy you. It will destroy you. Uh, James says in, in the first chapter, in verse 26, he said, If any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Amen. Notice the, how he says this. If you seem to be relig- religious, uh, you you can do all of the things that look like relig- you know, that you're religious and, and not really be what what the world calls religious. Uh, Psalm, the psalmist says this in Psalm thirty four thirteen: Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. Amen. Keep your tongue from evil. And your lips from speaking guile. And what he's saying here is there's, there's things, sometimes we need to learn how to close our mouth. Amen. We just need to learn how to be quiet. And uh, uh, there's, there's uh, somebody said, uh, I don't know, I, I didn't make this up, but I've, I've heard this quoted. It said better to, uh, keep your mouth shut and be thought a fool, then open your mouth and remove all doubt. Um, you know, it's uh, he says, keep your tongue from evil and keep and and thy lips don't speak guile, don't say things that you wish you hadn't said or or that you shouldn't say, or things about people that uh, you know. Once you once it comes out of your mouth and somebody else hears it, it you can never retrieve it again. It's done. It's said. Amen. Proverbs 15 says in verse 1, A soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. The tongue of the wise useth knowledge aright, but the mouth of fools poureth out foolishness. 
The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness therein is a breach in the spirit. What, what comes out of your mouth is really a reflection of what's going on inside your heart. Uh, from the abundance of, the Bible says, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Amen. So if there's something evil inside of you and you start running your mouth, I can tell you right now, your tongue is going to betray you. It's going to say what's really on the inside of you. Amen. So you, all of these scriptures I'm reading you, uh, these are, th- this is indication that we just, every morning when you wake up, it's probably a good thing to tell God, I, I want good words to come out of my mouth. Amen. Proverbs 21 and 23 said, Whoso, whoso keepeth his mouth and his tongue keepeth his soul from troubles. I'm going to ask a question here, and you know, sometimes they say you don't need to raise your hand. I'd like some participation here. Has anybody ever said anything that after the words were out of your mouth, you wish to God you would have never said them? Anybody? Almost all of us. You so you understand clearly what I'm talking about here today. Words that are spoken cannot be retrieved. And sometimes we'll say things, in a, in, maybe in a, in, a, in a moment of anger, or a, mo- a moment of, you know, frustration and 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 maybe they're hurtful words or or words that you know but you know here's the thing and you can say i'm sorry after you say those words the problem of it is that person that you said them to will wonder for the rest of their life if you really were sorry if or if that was what was in your heart because we all know that from you know i mean i know it's a scripture in the bible but it's also a proverb that we've used regularly from out of your heart your mouth speaks and so that must be what you really thought of me. So I, you, you've got, you need to weigh every word that comes out of your mouth because you, once it's said, you can't, you can't unsay it. And, and so I, I believe the first thing that, that God wants us to do is turn our tongue over to Him and let God uh, tame our tongue. Let God control our language and, and calm our language down. Be very careful how you speak to people. Amen. The Bible says, don't let your good be evil spoken of. In other words, you can testify and testify and testify and testify and talk about God and and witness about God. All it takes is one sentence in the presence of the people that you've been witnessing to, to blow your entire testimony. You may have been testifying to a person for years, and one sentence can blow it all. Amen. Amen. Uh, you know, I know it's a little uncomfortable right there, but you, you, we've got to understand this. Be careful what you say, because what you say can hurt. Amen. It can be very hurtful. Amen. He wants, God wants to, to use your tongue for His glory, not for, not for harm, not for hurt, but He wants to use your tongue for His glory. He wants uh, us to tell others about the change that He's made in us, and He wants it to be evident because of how we speak and the things that come out of our mouth. Uh, Psalms chapter 107 and verse number 1 said, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endureth forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom He hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. So instead of using our tongue for cursing and for uh, negative things, use your tongue for the glory of God. Tell people about what God has done for you. I encourage people, give your testimony. I, I could tell people, you know, I've heard a lot of testimonies of the people in the church. And I could tell other people, man, you ought to see what, hear what God did for this person or that person. But nobody can give the testimony like you can. Amen. So he said, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. 
the, t- talk about God. Talk, if you're going to use your tongue, use it for the glory of God. Amen. Um, Jesus said in, in Acts chapter 1, this is His own words. In Acts 1 and verse 8, He said, You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto Me. And you're going to tell people about what the Lord has done for you. I'm thankful that I've been filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm thankful that I'm not the person that I used to be. I don't want to reflect that person anymore. I don't want to act like it. I don't want to talk like it. I don't want to be that. So I want to be a witness for Jesus Christ. He said, after the Holy Ghost has come, you will be witnesses about Jesus. You'll be witnesses about the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So your tongue, it's it's an incredible member, but it can be used either good or bad. And so I think the very first thing that we do when we come to Jesus is we need to learn how to surrender our tongue. Amen. I, I, I need to, I, you know, I, I've heard people say, well, I'm having a struggle. I know you're having a struggle because the devil does not want you to give up that old life. He doesn't want to turn loose of what you were before. And so he, he, wants, to, he wants to cause you to be that same person. But when we surrender our tongue to the Lord, and we lose our mouth. And now all of a sudden out of our mouth comes blessing and, and the glory of God. And we talk about the goodness of God. Talk about what God has done for us. Amen. The, it, it, can change, it can change, not just change your life. It can change the perspective of the world about Jesus Christ and the church. Amen. When they see what God does through you, just through your language, just through the spoken words that come out of your mouth. So I'm going to tell you, I believe this so strongly, that our our tongue needs to be surrendered to God. When I wake up in the morning, I I pray this over myself a lot. I pray, God, anoint my eyes, anoint my ears. But I, I always pray, God, anoint my words. The words that come out of my mouth, I want them to be anointed words. I don't want them to be hurtful. I want my words to help or bless somebody today. Amen. So I think we need to do that. The next thing we need to do is surrender our hearing to God. Our hearing. Amen. There was a phrase that was used by Jesus a lot of times. In fact, it was used extensively throughout the New Testament. But it was uh, used, Jesus said it often in his, in his ministry. And he said this. He said, who hath ears to hear, let him hear. <laughs> Amen. Let him hear. Have you ever been in a place where, where somebody was talking and it was very uninteresting, it was boring? Anybody? I've been there. Just bored out of my mind. And, and, I, and unfortunately, I've been in settings where people have been talking and all of a sudden they, I, I realize they're, they're making reference or talking to me and wanting me to answer them. And I didn't hear what they were saying. I, I heard... You understand when I, I could hear their mouth going, mah, 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 but I didn't hear because when they when they referenced me, I I I was felt a little foolish because I really hadn't heard. Anybody else been in that kind of a? They're talking, but they're I'm not hearing. You understand the noise is there. You can hear the sound, but Jesus said that we need to pay attention to the Word of God. Amen. We need to hear the Word of God. He said it in, in different ways, but the meaning was always the same. In, ver, in Matthew 13 and 10, the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? And he said unto them, Because it is given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them is not given. Whosoever hath to him shall be given, and he uh, shall have more abundance, but whosoever 
uh, hath not, from him shall be taken away even that he hath. Therefore I speak, speak I to them in parables, because they seeing not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. And what Jesus is saying here is, I don't want them to just receive all these blessings just because they hear that I can bless them. I want them to hear below the bless. You see, here, here's the thing. The Word of God is, is not superficial. There are, if you're, we could take little bits and pieces out of this and, and apply it to our lives and miss other things that are, that are extremely vital and important for our lives. Amen. So here, you can hear things and just kind of be selective in your hearing and say, well, I don't like that, and I don't like that, but I like this. And I don't like that, and I don't like that, but I like this. And Jesus is simply saying here, the reason I speak in parables is because the people that really want to know are going to go beyond the parable. They're going to go past just the, 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 the story that I'm telling, and they're going to start digging and saying, what do you mean by that, Jesus? What, that's why these 12 men came back and said, why are you speaking in parables? We want, to know the, we want to know the meaning behind this story, Jesus. And they would ask Jesus. These 12 men would consistently come to Jesus after he had told parables, and they would come and ask him, and they'd say, tell us the meaning of that parable. You see, they didn't just hear the story. They, want, they knew there's, some, there's something behind this. And Jesus, what he's saying here, he's not saying, well, I don't want anybody else to know about the truth. But what he's saying is there's going to be people that are, that are so hungry for truth, they'll just not listen to the words that are spoken. They'll come and find the, the, the person that told the story, and they're going to get behind the meaning of it. They want to know the depth of what I'm talking about. They want the, the, the full import of the power of the words. So you can hear sounds and you can hear the 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 story but what is it how does it apply to me what does it really mean what's the word saying to me amen there are a lot of people that are will have been willing or, or have willingly closed their ears to the truth of god's word amen they don't want to hear everything that god's word has to say because then if i if i you know sometimes it's because uh, maybe my tradition was always this, and now all of a sudden I'm starting to see something that's a little different. I don't want to hear it because it may make me uncomfortable or make me want to change my life the way I've lived my life. Amen. I want God to, to speak to me. I want to hear the Word of God. I, want, I really want to hear the Word of God. If there's something that I'm missing in my life, I want God to speak to me, and I want to be able to hear it. Amen. Uh, it's, it's terrible when the Word of God goes forth and we parse out bits and pieces as well. I don't believe that is for me and I don't believe that's for me. And I, There's nothing in here that I ought to be ever... The Bible says if I take it, add to this or take away from this, all the plagues of this book will be added to me. Amen. That's what it says. I, I need to take everything in the Word of God and apply it to my life and make sure that I understand completely that it is all for me. Not just bits and pieces, not a verse here, not a verse there. You can take, you can take bit, uh, portions of Scripture and you can make the Bible say anything you want it to say. You literally can do that. You, I, and I've heard people do that. They'll jump over here and grab a, a, maybe even a portion of a verse, two or three words out of this, and take a little bit out of this part, portion of the Bible and take a little bit, and they try to build an entire doctrine or entire, a theology on, on, on bits and pieces of the Word of God. The Bible talks about rightly dividing the Word of truth. Amen. We, I, you know, he, he told, it was 
take the book and eat the thing. Eat the whole roll. In other words, you can't just have part of this. The whole thing applies to you. I wrote, I gave you this word for, for, your, for your growth, your spiritual growth, and you need to apply all of it. Amen. We have to hear His word. We need to be attentive to the word of God. And I'm not just talking about when a preacher's preaching, when you're reading the word of God. I really believe that we need to do more than just casually read the Word of God. Amen. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people that read the Word, but they, they read it because they want to get through it. They don't read it to get something from it. I, you know, I'm, I, I believe we ought to read the Word, and I believe we ought to glean from the Word of God. Amen. I tell you, I, I would encourage you, and I'm not, I don't want to belabor this point, but I would encourage you, when you're studying the Word of God, take a, a pad of paper with you. Take, in your prayer time and in your Bible reading, you need to have a notebook, a journal or something, and take that with you, because I can promise you this, if you're really praying and if you're really reading the Word of God, God's going to speak to you. There are going to be nuggets that jump off the pages at you. And I would encourage you to sit down and, and write these thoughts out. Write these things that God's... That's the Word of God. God's speaking to you. Amen. There's times when I'm reading the Word of God. I, you know, I, I, I read... I'm not saying this to boast. I just believe it's important. I, I read the Bible through every year. I've done it for pro, close to 30 years. Every single year, I'll read the Bible through. But when I'm reading the Bible, to, to read the Bible through, I don't just read it because I've got to get through three chapters or four chapters today. I read it because it's my life. Yeah, it's my necessary food. I, I, I need this. And I to, you know, I, I was just speaking to, to somebody here the other day about this. When I read the Bible, and I've done it so many times, I've read it through, and, and I, I, I've started doing it a little bit differently now. I still read it with my eyes. I read it. But I, now, I, 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 you know, we have all these apps now. They'll read to you. And so I've got, a, I, I've got an app that reads the Bible to me. And as, the, as that app is reading to me, I'm listening to, I, I, it's, I'm listening to it and reading it off the page. Man, I'll tell you what, my ADHD doesn't have time to work overtime then. <laughs> have you ever read a, a, a verse in the Bible and, and you got done with the verse and you didn't remember what you just read? I'm not talking about a chapter. I'm talking about the verse. I'm not the only person in here, evidently, that has ADHD. So I listen to it, and I read it at the same time. I'm not telling you have to do this. It just worked for me. And, and, and out of that, I'll, I'll, I'll pause, and I'll, I'll thought. God will just jump off the page of me. I'll tell you something else. There's been many times when I've, I've read, again, I've read this the book through probably from cover to cover more than 30 times. And, Brother Dan, there's still times I'll, my wife and I, not too awful long ago, we were reading the, reading the Bible. And uh, all of a sudden, she stopped. She stopped me. We were reading together, and I, she'd read, and I'd read, and she'd read, and I'd. And all of a sudden, she stopped me, and she said, "I mean, we've done this for years, decades." She stopped me, and she said, "I've never read that before." I said, "Well, you have. We've read the Bible through every every year. It's just how how fresh this book is, because it's all there's always something new in the cover of this book. So." Here's the thing. Don't just read the Bible just to read it. Well, I gotta, I'm going to read the Bible through. I'm doing my bread charts. I've got to read the Bible through again this year. If you're doing that, you're, you're making it like another, just another literary work. This is not just another book. 
This is the Word of God. And I mean in the literal sense. It is the Word of God. It speaks, it speaks out loud. And so I encourage you, when you sit down, when you go into your prayer time and your, and your Bible reading time, take something with you, because God's going to speak to you. You rest assured, God will speak to you. And you need to, I think it's important to record those thoughts that, that God gives to you. Maybe they're just for that moment. Maybe it's just a, a nugget for that moment, but maybe it's something that God wants to deal with you about later, and you can go back and look at that and dig into it and study it, amen, and, and apply it to your life. I, 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 I've got pads of paper at home that I've got all kinds of stuff on through the years where I've written down that God gave me. Some of them I've developed into sermons or, or lessons. Some of them were just for me. They weren't for anybody else. It wasn't for anybody else but me and and God. Amen. And so I encourage you to, to read the Word that way. And then as you're reading, apply the Word to your life. Apply what God's speaking to you. Because when you do that, when you make application, that's when the richness comes out of the Word of God. Amen. Because it, it, the Word will change us. It will do things in us. Amen. That will make us step up to the uh, to you know to being better than, than what we were and being what God wants us to be. Amen. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10 and verse 13, For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they be, uh, call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. For they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah said, Lord, who hath believed our report? In other words, Isaiah, clear back in the Old Testament, said, I've been preaching the word of God, and nobody listened. Amen. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. But I say, have they not heard? Yes, verily, their sound went into all the earth, and their words unto the ends of the world. But I say, did not Israel know? First Moses saith, I will provoke you to jealousy by them that are no people, and by a foolish nation I will anger you. But Isaiah is very bold and saith, I was a found of them that sought me not, I was made manifest unto them that asked not after me. But to Israel he saith, all day long I have stretched forth my hands unto a disobedient and gainsaying people. This is tragic. This is tragic. He said, I mean, we go clear back to the Old Testament. He said, I... I preached to Israel. Listen to me. Israel would have been saved if they would have listened to the preaching. This is what he's saying. The word went forth. Isaiah was given the word of God, by God. God gave him the word. He said, that's why we need preachers. God speaks to preachers. Thank God we've got some incredible men and women in this church that have been called into the ministry uh, of the Lord. And I, and, I, and I listen to some of these messages that go forth, or, or all of them. I, I listen to the messages that go forth in this church, and, and some of these young men and women that are, have been preaching very short time. I listen to that, and I think that is direct word from God. It's a truth. God speaks. You heard the words. He says right in here, did, did, did Israel not know? Did, did they not hear? Of course they heard. They heard the words, but they never did anything with the word. He said, don't, Jesus said, don't just be a hearer of the word. You need to be a doer of the word. The, the, the problem is not a lack of preaching. 
It's in, in the world that we live in today. I'm not just talking about here in this church. I'm talking about in the world in general. The problem is not the, a lack of preaching. The problem is a lack of hearing. Amen. When Jesus spoke to John on the Isle of Patmos, He told him to write to the seven churches that were in Asia and admonish them with the Word of God. He ended every, in, those, in those three chapters that He covers this, he, he admonished them and, and he talked to them, but he ended every, every single one of those admonitions to, to the churches that he wrote to with the exact same words. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. If, and God's speaking to us. We just need to listen. Not just hear the preacher up there yammering on and on and on and on and on while we play on our cell phone. Amen. Not, not filing our nails. Well, he'll be done pretty soon. Let me tell you something. It doesn't matter if it's the, the most accomplished preacher in the United Pentecostal Church or from wherever preaching, or if it's a person that's been preaching for two months. That is still the Word of God. Amen. The Bible says, it, listen to me, it doesn't say if Brother David Bernard preaches, my word will not return to me void. It doesn't say if, if Brother Anthony Mangan preaches it, my word will not return unto me void. It doesn't say if a person that's been preaching for 30 years re- preaches, it'll return. He said, if my word, my word will not return unto me void. It doesn't matter who's preaching up there. And, and unfortunately in our world today, we, we've become very selective. Well, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure I agree with that person, so click, we turn them off. It's still the word of God. Amen. It's still the Word of God. And I'm telling you, the Word of God will speak to us if we'll listen to it. Amen. God wants you to surrender your hearing to Him so that you can clearly hear what He's saying to you. And then out of that Word that He gives to us, out of the the, the preached Word of God, that's how we become saved. So I don't believe that. Well, that Bible says, Jesus said, how can you hear? Or, through, or God said through, through the, the prophet, He said, how can they hear without a preacher? How can you hear without a preacher? Amen. It's so important. Amen. So we need to surrender our hearing to the voice of the Lord. Our, our flesh will not always like what we're hearing, maybe, but it will save your soul. It will cause you to, to change in the, in the eyes of God, and, and you will be saved because of the Word of God. Amen. The next thing we need to surrender to God is our eyes. Amen. Matthew 6 and 22 said, The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness. David said, in in the Old Testament, after after David had sinned, after David had done something very evil and wrong and, and had sinned terribly, we find David saying, I will set no evil thing before mine eyes. The eye is the window of the soul. What goes in will stay in. I said this, maybe it was last week when I said this, that our minds are like, the greatest supercomputer that was ever built. There's no hard drive that's like the mind. 
And whatever we see is going to be seen for, for the rest of your life. I, I, you need to be so careful. Somebody was just telling my wife and I just recently that their little child was uh, uh, asked for their phone. Their little child, I, I don't know exactly the age of this child, but had asked for their, their parent's phone. And uh, they were just playing on the phone. Well, she said that she had let them use this. Uh, they have a children's YouTube channel. And she thought, no big deal. She let them look at the YouTube channel. So she said later on, she got on there and uh, she, she, she opened up the, her phone and it was still at that channel. And, and she just looked down and she said the, 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 the child, well, evidently this child was old enough to, to be able to spell because he had typed in things to, to search for. And she said, I was appalled at the things that came up. It was terrible. She said it wasn't pornography, but she said it was terrible things. It was, it was, I'm not even going to repeat some of the things that was there. And she said, I, this lady called us and she was weeping. And she said, what do I do? And, and she said, you know, the, the sad reality is I can't ever cause that child, my child to unsee what he saw. We need to be careful. In this world that we live in today, I'm not preaching against technology. I think technology is great. But let me tell you something. What we better do is be very careful what comes across our technology. Amen. I, 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 technology, you know, we used to, I, I, back when I was a boy, they preached against a television set. But now there's so much technology in our world today. I, you can't preach against technology fast enough to keep up with it. I'm telling you what you better have is enough of the Holy Ghost to guard your eyes and your heart. If you're, if you're letting things come into your eyes, into your mind, into your soul, through your eyes, amen, it will affect you for eternity. If you're just allowing your children and your family to just watch anything they want to watch without any guards whatsoever, you're going to affect them for eternity. I'm, this is not popular in our world today, but I'm telling you something. I'm not the only one saying it. I've read it by secular authors that have no religious background whatsoever. They're talking about what, what uh, you know, I mean, spending hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours on computers and on cell phones and everything. It's not good for our minds. We need to take a break. I'm not, I'm not trying to preach against having a cell phone. I'm not trying to preach against you having technology. What I am telling you is be careful what your eyes take in because once it's in your mind, it'll never be erased. It's stored. Amen. 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 We need to learn how to surrender our eyes to the Lord. I, I remember a little song that, that uh, we used to sing in Sunday school and, and one of the verses, Oh, be careful little eyes what you see. All these little verses about your little ears and your little feet and everything. But I'm going to tell you something. That's very true. Be careful because what you see, it, it is the window to the soul. It comes into you. And as much as you want to expunge that from your mind, you never will be able to. Now, you can be forgiven, but you can never be. It, it will never leave your mind. Be careful what you see. Amen. 
My, uh, I, Matthew 5 and 29 said, If thy right eye offend thee, pluck it out. And I'm, I, I don't believe that is ex- what he's saying is, let's all pop our eyes out and throw them away. That's not what he was saying. He said, but what he's saying here, he said, Pluck it out and cast it from thee, for it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, not that the whole body should be cast into hell. Uh, what he's saying is, if you're having struggles with some things, you just need to stop going there. I've told people before, I, I've had people, and don't start trying to think who it is, because I'm not even talking about anybody from here. But I had somebody tell me, said, I, I'm having problems. Every time I go to the computer, I, I, when I open the computer and start typing in, it's like my mind is drawn to certain areas in the computer. And I said, well, you need to get rid of your computer. That's what Jesus is talking about here. It's better to pluck your eye out and throw it away. Better to throw that computer away than be lost for eternity over something that you can't control. Now, I'm not, again, I'm not preaching against computers. But if you can't control it, maybe you ought to do something. Put it in the middle of the kitchen table where everybody walks. Wow, am I right? I'm not. You say, well, well, here he goes. He's legalistic. No, this is not. There's, I'm talking about being saved. I'm talking about surrendering to God. I can't be watching filth on, on my internet or on my television or on my phone or whatever else and I'm watching it on, on on Saturday night come to church and have the victory on Sunday amen hallelujah Jesus just saying it's better to pluck that thing away from you get rid of it out of your life if you can't control it get rid of it the Bible you say well that's just that's weakness well I'm telling you you are weak in your flesh James said, run from temptation. Flee from it. Amen? We live in a world today where I, I read the statistics. I'm not ignorant, and you're not ignorant. You're at a rapid rate. And, there, and, 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 and our, our uh, counseling centers are, are dealing with this at an alarming rate where people cannot control the, their, their computers and, and their, it's breaking up marriages, it's hurting children, it's hurting young people, it's hurting families. I'm telling you, we've got to be careful what we watch. I know this isn't popular in our world today to preach like this, but if, we're not, if we don't preach it, who's going to preach it? Because the world's getting more and more receptive of everything that comes through the door. Let's just, oh, it's no, not a big deal. It is a big deal. It's a real big deal. That's why our children struggle with things. Amen. David said it so well, and I just quoted from this, uh, but I want to read it here. David said in Psalm 101, verse 2, he said, I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way. Oh, when wilt thou come unto me? I will walk within mine house with a perfect heart. Notice what he said there. He said, I'm going to do this in my house. Nobody's watching me. I'm going to keep a perfect heart when I'm at home. David already knew what being home alone by himself did to him. It really almost destroyed him. So he says, I will, in verse 3, I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. He's already passed his horrible sin in his life. But he still remembers, I've got to watch myself every day. Tell you the 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 devil will plant a lot of evil in your path, uh, and and he'll try to distract you with the things of this world to try to draw your attention away from the Lord Jesus, Amen. I'm just going to say this, and I'm going to move on. 
you need to surrender your eyes to God and guard them so they don't become your downfall. Amen. You need to be the control of what's going on. If, if you're a parent or an adult in your home, you need to control what comes into that home that your children are ingesting in their lives because it will have an impact, impact upon them for the rest of their lives. I, uh, there, um, I'm trying to think of the man's name. Tim, uh, the, um, oh, he was a, a mass murder serial killer. What was it? Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy was, he said that his, his issue, the problem that he had with women started out when he was a young child when his dad brought pornography into their home. And Ted Bundy said, that's how my, my insatiable appetite started. Tell you better guard your children's eyes, guard their lives, guard, guard what comes into the home. Amen. You are the gatekeeper there. Amen. Guard them, guard them, guard them. I can't stress that enough. It's important. Amen. And then the next thing we need to surrender is our feet. David said in Psalm 119, verse 105, he said, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Isaiah said in, in Isaiah 30 and 21, thine, And thine ears shall hear a word behind thee, saying, This is the way, walk ye in it, when you turn to the right hand and when you turn to the left. Galatians 5, Paul said in, in the 16th verse, This I say, Then walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh, for the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are, are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye be led of the spirit, ye are not under the law. He goes on, talks about the works of the flesh, all these evil, rotten things. He talks about the works of the, uh, the fruit of the spirit down here, uh, and, and he said then in verse twenty-four, and they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Amen. I believe that, that if, we, if we read the Word of God, I talked about it already, but if we read the Word of God, if we're constantly praying and fasting and living in the Word of God, and allow God to lead you where He wants you to go, not where you want to go. I'm going to tell you something. I learned a long time ago, if, you're, if it's left up to me, I probably won't go exactly where God wants me to go. It's sometimes it'd be easier to do it my way. Now, not in the end, I, you understand, don't get me wrong. It's always right to do things God's way, but to, to succumb to the will of the flesh is easier. Just to, just to walk where my flesh wants to go and, and do what my flesh wants out in the way, that's much easier. I don't have to fight my flesh. Don't ever have, it's, never, it's never a problem with me then. I, but I'm going to tell you, if I'm going to keep this flesh under control, it's a war. I, I have to fight this flesh, and I, I have to do a war again. You, I, some of you looking at me like, you're, you're the pastor, and you're, you're talking like, yes, I'm just as human as anybody in this room. And I have to war against my flesh just like you do. My flesh gets lazy, it gets up in the morning, doesn't want to pray, doesn't want to read the Bible. Well, I'd rather do this, I'd rather do that, I'd rather, you know, it's, let's, you're on vacation, don't, you don't have to read the Bible today. Let me tell you, one of the, when I'm packing to go on vacation, guess what the first thing that goes in, my, my, in the pile of stuff I'm going to pack? My Bible. Because I'm not going to stop reading the Bible just because I'm on vacation. Because my flesh doesn't go on vacation, my carnal nature doesn't, it doesn't take a break. Oh, he's on vacation. I don't have to worry about him. No, he, it, it'll, it'll up. I have, to, I have to battle this flesh every day. I want to know where God wants me to go. I want to know what God wants out of me today. 
Amen. I don't, I, every day is important to me. Not, there's not a day that I don't think it's important to find out what God wants for my life. I didn't get where I'm at right now today by just being frivolous about my life. I get up in the morning and I make sure that God, I want God to know I want to live my life according to your will today. I want to walk in your steps today. The Bible said the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. It wasn't just talking about men. That wasn't just talking about, it was talking about human nature, humankind. If, if you really want God to lead you, then let God lead you. Stop telling God where you want to go. You know, we're always saying, well, God, here's what I want for my life. And, I, you know, I, it's like we're wanting God to approve it. Coming to, with our list of things. Here, 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 here's all my stuff, God, that I want. Now, here, here's the list. Now, I just, I'm just waiting for you to approve it. No, that's not the way this works. I, I'm going to surrender my steps to him. I'm not telling God where I want to go today. I want God to tell me where he wants me to go today. Kind of interesting because I preached something similar to this not too long ago in, in one of my messages. And afterwards, somebody from this church, they, they went out to eat and they told me that uh, they, 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 they wanted to be, they prayed about it after before they left this service. And they went out that Sunday afternoon to eat and they said that, they told God, we want, to be, we want to be used by you today, God. And immediately somebody came up to their table. I, I don't know if it's, I don't remember exactly the whole story. It was a waitress or somebody came up to their table and started talking to them. Asking, you're a Christian, aren't you? And started talking to them. And they were able to pray with that way. Well, allow God to lead you. It's no telling what God will do with you. But a lot of times we're so stubborn, we just want to do it our way. We want to, we, you know, we act like it's no real big deal. It's not a big deal. I'm still going to serve God. I'll be at church on Wednesday night. Come on. I'll be there on Sunday. I'll pay my tithe. I'll, let me tell you something. It's a whole lot more than coming to church on Sunday and Wednesday and paying your tithe. Amen. There's a lot of things God wants you to do between Wednesday and Sunday. There's a lot of things God wants you to say and act out in, in, in before this world and show this world before Wednesday and Sunday or between Wednesday and Sunday. Amen. And if I'm not asking God to lead me and guide me and let my steps be ordered by, by Him, amen, there are going to be things that I'm going to miss. Does that mean I'm going to be lost and go to hell? Probably not. But there's going to be a lot of things that God wants to use me for that I'll miss in my life because I'm not sensitive to the voice of God and I'm not going where God wants me to go. I'm, I'm convinced that the church of the living God would be way far ahead of where it is if the people sitting on the pews would, would pray every morning, God, I want to be used by you today. I want to be a soul winner. I want to touch somebody's life with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I got a feeling our churches would be packed to the walls with people. Sometimes we just get up in the morning, we just keep trudging that same old path we've always walked on. Oblivious to the will of God. Oblivious to what God wants us to do. What if God wants you to drive to a diner this afternoon that you've never been to before and He wants you to talk to somebody in that place or He wants you to go to a grocery store you've never shopped in before or stop at a gas station you've never stopped at? Are you willing to follow the voice of the Lord and drive to that place and pull in and walk inside to see why God wants you there? You say, well, that's weird stuff. No, it's not either. That's the way God works. That's exactly how God works. Jesus went out of his way to go talk to a woman at Samaria. 
Now, it may be on the normal path that you follow, but chances are, if you'll really listen to the voice of God, God's going to take you out of your ordinary routine to cause something to happen in your life. Most of us don't want to pray that way because we're afraid of that. It, I'm, I'm just afraid. Let me tell you something. The greatest place to be is in the center of God's will. It's the most exciting place in the world to be. Where God wants you to be, boy, it's quiet in here. It's like, hurry up and get done with this, Pastor. I am going to get, I'm going to hurry. I, I'm just about done. Surrender your hands to God. Psalms 24 and 30, or 3 said, Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord, or who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive the blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Paul wrote to Timothy, and he said this, in 1 Timothy 2 and 8, I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting, whole, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. Now I'm going to say something here, and, and I, I don't have time to teach on this. I'm, I will come back at some point and teach on this. Uh, when, when the Bible deals with holiness, it deals with holiness in, in, in a couple of different ways. It deals with it for men and for women. This place right here, sometimes in the Bible when it uses the, the terminology man or, or, or men, it uses it as a general term for everybody. If you, if you go back and look up the, 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 the word for it, it, it literally is it's not meaning a, a, a male. But in this context, context it literally means a man a man one of the biggest problems that men deal with is 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 um you know this macho or this egotistical nobody's going to tell me what to do kind of thing we do we have to deal with a lot of anger issues in in, in our now i'm not saying women don't have anger issues too sometimes but men one of the biggest problems that we have sometimes is dealing with with controlling self and this right here, and I'm not, I don't have time to really dig into this and teach in this this morning, but he, Paul, or he says here, uh, you're going to have problems with men if, you, if they don't learn how to get their, da- their doubt and their wrath under control. Men. Men. I'm talking about you guys. Men. Not this one, women, you can sit back and go, Phew. not talking about me for a change. I'm talking about, this is exactly what he's talking about. He said, I want men to pray, and and when you pray, I want you to lift up your holy hands, and I want you to do it without doubt. We are so skeptical. We're logical. We're very, we're very, men are driven by reason and logic. Women, you know, they operate more out of emotion and more out of, you know, feelings, but men, we're very logical. We, we, you prove it to me, or I'm not going to believe it. That's why Thomas said, you show me the, the you show me the scars and then I'll believe it. And 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 he said Paul says to Timothy, but he's saying Timothy, if you don't get men to to pray without da- without doubt and wrath, they'll never make it. So we have to surrender. He said, lift up holy hands. That means when I lift up my hands, I'm completely surrendered to God. God, I don't understand how you're going to do it. I don't know. I have no idea of what I'm doing right now, God, standing here. But I know one thing. You're in control. I'm, I'm surrendering to you. I have no doubt. I'm, I'm erasing doubt from my mind, from my life. Amen. 
there is nothing like pure hands in the sight of God. When we stand there and we say, God, I am a man. I am, I am very strong-willed. I am very, uh, I am very logical in my thinking. But you know what? Today, God, I'm going to surrender all of that today. I'm turning loose of it today, God, and I'm giving it to you. I surrender to you, God. I am not going to go out of here and pick up the reins anymore. You're in charge, God. Amen. I don't know very many men that want to give somebody else charge of their life. But this is what God says. If you're going to serve me, you have to turn a complete control of your life over to me. Complete control. Amen. And then finally, and I'm, I'm going to wrap this up, we need to surrender our mind to God. We need to surrender our mind to God. I just touched on this momentarily, or a little bit more than momentarily, a few moments ago. But a world today, you know, we're we're are are we're in a crescendo of noise. I mean, we 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 can't hardly pause for a moment. You walk in someplace, it's noise. You walk in a restaurant nowadays, and there's twenty five thousand TVs on the wall with different shows going on, and I do whatever you want but it's 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 because of the world that we live in today they don't want quietness they don't want to have to think we don't want to have our minds are 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 bombarded every second of every day by music and by by television ads and by radio advertisements and by uh, by you know campaign, political advertising. I mean, we are bombarded all the time by it. There's, I, I really believe that, that, that when Jesus talks about coming apart, he's not talking about coming apart. He's talking about getting away from everything every once in a while. You need to shut off all... Uh, you, the world has a term now, they call it unplugged. You need to kind of unplug. You need to turn off all of your media. You need to turn off everything for a little space of time. And you need to go away where you can just hear the voice of God. And let your mind relax. Let the noise of, 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 of turmoil that's around you, just let it fade away into the, into the distance and just listen. Just listen. It's amazing when you just shut everything off and it gets quiet. There's no sound. No music. Oh, I, can't, I can't concentrate. That's the problem that we have in a some people say, well, I have to have music or I have to have this going on or that going on when I'm praying. You ought to just try shutting your mind down. Close down everything. Turn off all of the noise. Turn off all the sound machines. Turn off, come on. There's times when God's wanting to talk to your mind and God can't speak to our minds because we have got so much busyness going on. It's just like this. Our mind is just... Oh, there's just so much going on. God can't speak. He said, thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. And, and this is Isaiah 26 and 3. Because he trusteth in thee. Amen. The surrender and godly control of your mind is prevalent throughout the New Testament. God speaks of this. And I'm, I'm out of time. I've got to quit. But he talks about, Paul says in, in, in Philippians 2, and I'm just going to jump through here really quick. He said uh, in, in, in verse 2, he says, being of one accord, of one mind. In verse 3, he said, but in lowliness of mind, 
uh, let each esteem better than other, others that better than themselves. In verse 5, he said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So he just keeps talking about this over and over and over and over again, about tuning our minds into God. Amen. Peter said in, verse, in, in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13, stand up with me, please. I'm going to wrap this up, I, I promise you. He said, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end. Paul said it to, in, in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, he said, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You see, God wants to have control of your mind, but because of all the stuff that's going on around us and all of the things that we're letting crash into our minds, God can't even speak to us because we're so, we're so covered up with the noise of this world. There's just noise all the time. Noise, noise, noise. The, it, one time God said in the Bible, Be still! Know that I'm God. You, you just always want to distract yourself with some kind of noise. You got to, well, I, I got to have Christian music to pray. Why do you have to have anything to pray? It's Bible's been to distract us because you're not going to really focus on God if you're listening to the words to a song. And we've got to condition our minds and, and get to the place where our minds are, are grabbed a hold of by the power of God. And I'm going to close out now by, with what I started with. Paul said in... Romans 12, in, in verse 1, he said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So all of these things combined, they're, they're the, the physical attributes of our, of our self, these are, these are what we give to God. So complete, we, we are completely surrendered to God. And, and, and that is what it's all about. Complete surrender to God. You can't say, well, I'm going to hold on to this piece or that piece because then you're not completely surrendered to God. So the question of my lesson today was just simply this. Have you really surrendered? Now, I can't answer that question for you. You're the only one that can. But until you turn loose of everything and put it in God's hands... You haven't completely surrendered. You just haven't. Amen. Paul said it quite simply when he said these words, I die daily. Amen. I die daily. You need to surrender everything to God. And when you do that, it's not like, well, I just lost. I, I, I'm, I'm the loser now. Oh, no. You become the winner when you surrender everything to God. I found out when I surrendered to God, I became richer in every aspect of my life. Every area of my life became fuller. Amen. When I surrendered everything to God. So surrender to God and you'll live a better life than you ever did before. Amen. God bless you. I went over my time today, but God is good and he wants surrender from us. Amen. God bless.